Welcome to the Six Figure Business Mastery Podcast, where every week, Kirsten and Jeannie dive into the essential topics to fuel your business growth. From copywriting to course creation, mindset to video marketing, they've got you covered. Tune in for expert guest interviews on all things marketing and business, and learn how to work on your business, not just in it. So, get ready to unlock your business potential and take it to the next level. Hey everyone, I am Kirsten and that is Jeannie, my business partner, and we are so excited to have you here today for a fantastic a conversation about associations and signature speeches and all kinds of things that are going to help you grow your business. So Jeannie, would you like to introduce our guest today? I would, I would. We're so excited. We have Jen Espinoza Gaswami here and her company is Weightless LLC. And she is an ACC MAL and is an IFC certified holistic coach. She helps small businesses leverage their expertise through paid public speaking. A coach of the year finalist from International Association of Women, Jen's an international speaker who's been featured on Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Women's Health, and numerous podcasts. Jen lives in Minneapolis with her husband, two daughters, Chewini and Leopard Gecko. <laughs> so today she's going to talk to us about speaking to associations and actually getting paid for your expertise. So Jen, thank you so much for joining us. We're absolutely thrilled to have you. Thank you, Jeannie and Kirsten. It's good to be here. Thank you. And before we jump into this, I would love just to have everyone know a little bit about your story. So what kind of led you into speaking and then into health coaching, because you have a fascinating um, transformation that you ended up sharing and really turning it into a business. Yeah, I, not not everyone knows this about my story, but if you go to my website, you'll see some elements of this in my story. So the reason why I help people with their signature speeches is my business started with a signature speech. And um, I started doing the circuits of health seminars through sharing my own personal journey of losing 100 pounds. That was back in my 20s. It's been some time since then. <laughs> so I no longer share that story as much as I used to. But I reached a point where I was sharing this story just for fun through my Toastmasters groups, through local organizations, just because I enjoyed speaking that much. And um, I had such a good response from my audience members that they came up to me afterwards and they say, not only was that an awesome speech, but Jen, how do you help me with my health? Because my health is not where I want it to be. And that's when the seed of the idea got planted for Waitlist. And I said, okay, well, people have a need here. And I have a service that I can provide to help them with that need. So I started as a health coach or as a speaker, rather, I started sharing my story before I ever got paid to speak because I was doing it for free. And then people started asking to coach with me. So I started offering those services as well. And now today I pivoted into public speaking coaching because I'm, I realized the power of your story and not necessarily your personal story. It started that way with me. It doesn't have to start that way with you. Your signature speech can be anything, but it has to be core to the work that you offer in this world. And I know that it has a powerful impact just based on all the audience feedback I've received over the past 12 years. It's perfect. So I am excited to learn more about, you know, why a signature speech? I think you just touched on it, but like, how do we create that signature speech? And I know Jeannie and I always struggle because there's two of us and just not one of us, but you know, giving people advice on that signature speech, what would you, where would you have them start? Yeah, well, I love that you asked that question because I think a lot of people have some misinformation around story selling, storytelling, the power of sharing your story. And I've 
participated in groups that say, hey, just share your story. It has the power to impact people. I think what they're missing, though, is it's not about a cathartic experience on stage. It's not about you releasing whatever you need to release from your personal story, because a lot of people have some personal stories that are mental health related, um, suicide prevention, things like that. That may or may not be something that's going to turn into a signature speech for you because it doesn't speak to a struggle that you may or may be able to help people with. So signature speech is more of a business type presentation. So there can be elements of your personal story in it, but it doesn't need to be based on you because at the end of the day, you are not the hero of your story. Your audience is the hero of your story. And so understanding that difference will help elevate your current signature speech if you have one or help you create a signature speech that makes sense which is why I provided you a free template on the signature speech template. So you can kind of get started with what is your goal for your presentation? If you don't know what your goal is, you're definitely not going to hit the goal. But if you are just out there to share your story because it feels good for you and it's fun and interesting, like I started off, great, but it may not be the signature speech for your particular business. And the template that she just mentioned, we'll make sure that there's a, a link to that in the show notes. So everyone can grab that and start filling out your uh, signature speech um, outline. So if you think about it as a business owner, I think we all, well, not all of us, but I think most of us end up, we have a problem and we solve it, right? <laughs> and yeah. so then we realize, well, I could help other people solve that problem. But it is interesting that it can be hard to shift it from you being the hero of the story to the audience being the hero. So when you look at people that are doing that, what would be some tips to make sure that they're taking the focus off themselves? And because you really want your audience to put themselves in your shoes and think, wow, if that person could do it, I could do this too. And I could see the value in it. And wow, I want to hire them to help me do it, right? Absolutely. And there are some techniques that you use when you're speaking to make it easier for the audience. So your job as a speaker is to make it as easy for your audience to follow along, to see themselves in your story and to know what to do next. If you're not addressing those things in your speech, then it's just a hobby kind of speech. It's you just practicing a speech. So in terms of how you structure that, because I know there might be some questions or thoughts around what does that look like? Uh, the template can get you started with that. But overall, I follow a loose kind of template of like bubbles, mind mapping situations. So when you're working with me as a, a client, I help you mind map different stories based on the three main points or audience takeaways that you're going to be sharing as part of your signature story. Now, the beauty of mind mapping different stories that lend themselves to those points is you can customize the stories to your audience, but your content remains the same. So what is the purpose of that? Well, you can memorize your speech because the content is the same. The story you can shift because they're your stories or your client's stories. There are stories that are very near and dear to you. So you can probably speak to those without memorizing it. So you don't feel like a stilted, scripted person on stage, just like reciting words. That's not the purpose of a speech. And then in transition between your points, you always bring it back to your audience. So transitions could be engagement with the audience, asking a question, having them speak to their, their neighbors, having them do breakout sessions if you're virtual. There are different ways you can engage the audience, but at the end of the day, you have to make it clear to the audience, this is how, or this is a way you could apply this particular idea to your situation or ask them because when people have their skin in the game and they're really having to think while you're speaking, they won't tune you out and they won't get bored either. 
I love that. I love that. So we're talking about talking to associations and a lot of people, as you mentioned earlier, when we were talking, don't always get paid as entrepreneurs for their expertise for speaking. A lot of times they just do it because they want to spread the word because they want to appear in places, but you have the key for getting paid for your expertise. And that is speaking to associations. So what makes that a little bit different than talking to a corporate audience or an entrepreneurial audience? Yeah, how you approach associations is very different from a corporate audience and or an entrepreneurial audience. So I would say that overall, if you're speaking in entrepreneurial groups, it's a speaking for lead generation type model. Very few entrepreneurial groups will pay you to speak. It's more of a visibility factor. It's more of connection, networking, participating in a membership group if you're part of a group. Companies and corporate will typically pay you to come in to speak, but it's harder to get your foot in the door and you have to identify the right person, which takes a little more time. Now, association markets are easier to find the decision makers. Most of their information is published online. So in terms of doing the research, it's quite a bit easier than it would be searching for other types of groups. So if you don't already have business connections, if you don't know how to get inside of companies, associations publish all of their information online. And literally there's an association for every topic you could possibly think of. So if you're really struggling with figuring out how your speech fits into an association, believe me, there's an association for you. And also understanding that association employees their employees. So they usually have a paid group of core employees, but many of them are volunteer based and volunteer run. What does that mean? It means you have to be more aggressive with reaching out to them. They get a million emails and they have a day job on top of that. They're not going to respond to emails the same way as a company person might because they are stuck in their nine to five and that's their whole job is responding to emails. So pick up your phone be more aggressive, do voice messages on LinkedIn. There are a variety of different ways you can make it a more personal touch. And many of them have online applications or RFPs that you have to fill out. So having all of your speaker marketing materials in one place, easy to copy and paste is gonna benefit you immensely. And this is something that I help folks with as well. And you can use your speaker marketing materials for any market but it's really helpful for associations in particular because those other markets may or may not require you to fill out an application. So just some things to be aware of. Okay, for a fun tidbit, what is the what is an association that no one would ever think of? When you think of, because you, <laughs> yeah, let's have a good laugh. So when you think about obscure associations, what are some that come to mind for you? Oh my gosh, like I, I don't target these types of associations, but like truckers associations and mechanics of America or things like that. Those are types of associations that you're like, oh, okay. Or the knitting association of Canada or something like that. Like these do come up. There are lots of cool groups out there. Yep. I worked with a company in the American filtration services, which is all about filtering water and, and other liquids. So yeah, there is an association for everything. Totally agree with that. <laughs> For everything. And even interestingly enough, if the association is large enough, they may even have smaller groups within that association that you could speak to as well. So endless referral opportunities there. And I think that when you and I first spoke, when we first connected, I think you were talking about, and I'll choose the example of the, Sarah, the Florida Bar Association, but then there's also a National Bar Association. And so you said some people don't realize that you can go up and down, meaning if you started at the local, you could move up. 
But even if you started, if you got to speak at the national level, you could still move down and speak to all the local associations. Can you elaborate on that? Because that when you told me that, I was like, that's crazy. Like I, didn't, I would have never thought of that. <laughs> Yeah, depending on where you start on your speaking journey, you may or may not be a good fit for the national or international types of events because those are highly competitive. You're dealing with professional speakers who are trying to be the closing and ending keynote, which is typically the most paid speaker at any event. So you may not feel comfortable commanding a larger stage in front of thousands of people and traveling to that destination, because even if you get paid to speak, you may or may not get paid for lodging and travel and things of that nature. That's a negotiation that you do. But yeah, if you want to start local, you can. There are many groups that meet locally. So even if you have your eye on the International Association, for example, International Coaching Federation is an association I belong to. I have spoken for them because it was a virtual thing as part of International Coaching Week but I'm still applying for the local events and the regional events because they have a separate application process. But they will always ask you, have you spoken for this association before? At what level have you spoken for them? So if they know you've already spoken for them, that's a great thing. And they'll be like, oh, we got to fast track this application because she has spoken for us. And especially if you have testimonials that you can provide or you can re reference the person who hired you or brought you on to speak you're gonna be that much more attractive to that association. So when you think about getting paid for speaking, you know, most, well, I feel like most of our clients are looking basically for speaking opportunities to promote what they do, right? Right. Do you feel like a lot of people start off on that track where they're promoting what they do, but they eventually move into getting paid for speaking? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say that there are people who build their entire business off of free speaking. I have several colleagues who do that where they say speak for visibility and then sell afterwards. They're like, oh, I just booked $90,000 worth of sales or from one event, or I just booked six figures from one launch. That is certainly possible from free speaking. The problem with that is you might be very salesy in your presentation. And personally, I work with a lot of people who are more introverted are more intuitive and that's just not a good fit for them they don't want to be up there doing all the heavy promos talking to people at the back of the room they want to talk to people but they don't want to get exhausted by the process of trying to sell constantly so those people who speak for free and then try to sell in the back end of that they can build their entire business off of that but i think if you can get paid on the front end and the back end why wouldn't you and feel that you're still following your natural inclination and the way that you choose to do business. For me personally, yes, you can sell from the stage, but that's not where I want my business model to be. I would like to, first of all, be recognized for the information that I bring to the stage, but also if people don't want to take that next step with me and I don't have a sale from it, that's okay. It's not a make it or break it for me. It's okay. I got paid here. Maybe I didn't get paid there, but I started a conversation. And I think when you focus on selling after you speak, it's less of a conversation and it's more of a transaction. And that's just not how I operate with folks. Yeah. yeah, so that makes sense. And I think that, do you feel like in some way that coming in as a paid speaker gives you a higher level of authority and expertise? And do you feel like that leads into more people wanting to buy from you? Yes. I would 100% agree with that. And, and sometimes when you're paid to speak, they forbid you from promoting your services. So that is something you have to weigh in the balance of, is this worth my time? 
you know, depending on how much you charge to speak, if you get paid $5,000, $10,000 to speak, yeah, that might be good for your business model. If you're trying to sell $97 courses and there's 10 people in the room, yeah, it might be more worth your time to get paid $5,000 to show up and speak and not be able to promote or sell after the event. And that's another thing to be aware of is sometimes when you submit an RFP, which is a request for a proposal or an application, sometimes they will tell you right off the bat, we don't reimburse this, we don't reimburse that, and you are not allowed to promote. I spoke for the Florida Association of Society Executives and they did not pay me for that virtual opportunity, but they posted the recording on their membership-based platform that people can rewatch as many times as they want for five years. That is endless referral opportunities for me because I don't know, someone four years from now might watch that and I set up a unique page for them to go to with a free resource for them to connect with me. So thinking of how, how you want to show up, what you want to receive from the event and what speaking needs to do for you, for your business and for your audience is the most important questions you can answer. Excuse my ignorance because I just don't know anything about paid speaking. So let's just say you do go to an event and you're not getting paid to speak. You are getting paid to speak and you've been told not to promote. Do people still reach out to you or try to connect with you? So do you find that again, or do you feel like you speak and then you're whisked away? And, and uh, so what has been your experience? It depends on the event and who's hiring you. For example, if you are paid to show up to speak, but you can't promote anything, what I tend to do and what works really well is to say, can I offer a free gift to the people there? And that free gift can be whatever you have set up in your business. It could be your lead magnet. It could be a book. If you do have a book, it's a really attractive marketing um, thing to offer to an audience because usually they'll buy books or they'll include that as part of your fee to show up to speak. And that way uh, you have something to invite them to. So even if you're not allowed to heavily promote a program like put order forms on the desk or put a link to an order form, usually the event planner would like for you to then offer something of value to the audience so they have something that they can touch and implement. You can even, depending on who you're approaching and what their models look like, associations typically have multiple types of events throughout the year. There might be the annual event, but there also might be a deep dive mastermind kind of session. It would behoove you as a paid speaker to say, okay, I can offer this keynote presentation, but also I could do a deep dive with your people and go even deeper into this. And typically they would allow you to sell at that event. So it's not about the one-off presentation. It's about how can you create that value over time for both the association and for you. Fantastic. This is, I just find this so interesting. And I think it has a lot to do with my fear of public speaking. So <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> I, I can deal video all day long and Jeannie and I have done quite a few speaking engagements and generally she does most of the speaking and I jump in with stories. So it's a, it's an unusual mm -hmm. dynamic that I don't think would work in a lot of places, but she loves it. And my knees are knocking, you know, so it's always an interesting thing to do together. Yeah. Yeah. It's good fun. And, and we have actually spoken in front of some associations and it's been the national association, I think of professional organizers and a, a, a local group and then national speakers association and a couple of local women's networking groups. And we also um, spoke in front of some farmers, a farmer's association. That's right. Oh, nice. yeah, marketing association for farmers. Yeah. So, I love NAPO. Um, I've spoken for them too. NAPO is great. Have you approached the international association of administrative professionals? Oh, 
No. That's a good one too. <laughs> awesome. Wow. So the next thing we want to talk about is for people who do have the opportunity to sell from stage, how do they do it without coming off as being totally sleazy? Because I've been to conferences and I've been to things where the person who spoke was so amazing and you knew they were selling you, but you were like running to the back of the room because you wanted to buy what they had to offer. And then you also set, you've been there and people have been speaking and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is just this horrible, cheesy sales speech. What are your tips for making sure that you're not that sleazy person um, trying to sell when it doesn't come off as authentic, it doesn't come off as wanting to truly help the audience, it's all about you. Yeah, thank you for asking because I think we've all had that experience, right? We've all been at the tail end of someone who is just pitching us and pitching us and we're like, why am I even in this room right now? It's the most irritating thing in the world. And nobody wants to be that speaker right? Even if you thought at one point you sounded that way or someone made a comment to you, I've had that, that comment thrown at me too. Oh, this sounds like a sales pitch. It's happened to everyone. So it's about that fine balance. But when it comes to selling from the stage without annoying everyone, it's less about selling and more about seeding is the word that I use and many professional speakers use. So seeding is planting seeds. So what does that mean? It means that you tell them what your intention is at the beginning of your speech. You can actually start seeding within the first five minutes of your presentation. Examples of that would look like later on in the course of this presentation, I'll give those of you who wish to take a deep dive with this an option for how you could do that. So you're mentioning that something is coming up, but you're not like, oh, buy my thing. Here's your credit. Give me your credit card. You're not like punching them over the head with the idea that there's a sale, but you're saying, for those of you who want to take action, I will have an opportunity for you to do that. So you start early by telling them, this is not just me blowing air out here. For those of you who are here for a reason and you know why you're here and this topic really appeals to you, I will be offering something. And then throughout the course of the presentation content that you're providing, you give them specific examples that speak to their struggles. So if you're mentioning, oh, in my work with my client, Rebecca, we worked, she was at point A, and then after six months, she was at point B with me. These results can be yours. We'll talk about that in a moment. So keep mentioning the fact you could even just mention or see the name of your program. Even if you can't sell your program, you can certainly mention your program. I can't tell you how many authors I've worked with who forget to talk about the title of their book. They could go 60 minutes into a presentation and throw their book up at the end of their presentation. They, oh, oh yeah, here's my book. And then people are like, what's the title? I can't see the title. What is the book? How do I get it? So introduce the idea early that you're there to provide more than just a 60 minute presentation to them. We've all heard presentations. We don't need more presentations. We need more ways to get what we want out of business and life. You know, you already do that as a speaker, but make sure you clue people in because we're savvy. We know there's going to be a sales pitch at the last five minutes, right? Don't be that person who waits till the last five minutes of your presentation because people have already checked out. They're on their phones. They're doing other things. Don't be that person. Yeah. I love that because, and I've even seen that with like seasoned people who do like online webinars and the people who have done it and done it well, they will do exactly what you just said, trickle it in. And it just comes off so much more natural. Hey, you know what? If you want to learn more about this, I'm going to tell you about that at the end. 
And that's fine. I don't know. There's you earn some respect doing that. I feel like. Yeah. Because you're not blindsiding anyone. You're not pretending to do something that you're not doing. If you just throw all the pitch at them at the end of this, the presentation, they're like, that's the whole point of this. That's all it was about. But you really want to clue them in and say, I, there's more here. And if you want the more, I'm here. I'm here to talk to you about it. I love that. I hear mm -hmm. talking about that. This has been so amazing, Jen. And I, again, when we first spoke, I told you I'm terrified of public speaking, but I, I do know so many people and a lot of our clients have books and a lot of them are looking to do more speaking. And I think you have just given us such incredible value today and so much information. I'm really looking forward to them listening to this and I'm sure they're going to reach out to you. So we will put the link, like you said, to that template for your signature speech in the show notes. And why don't you just go and tell everyone um, your website or any other way that they can connect with you. Yes, you can connect with me at weightlesschronicles.com. It's not weight loss, it's weightlesschronicles.com. If you're on Instagram, I'm at Jen with two N's, spin go. Perfect. We are so grateful you were here today. I feel like I've learned so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure being with you ladies, Kirsten and Jeannie. I, you have such a great way that you serve people. So it has been a pleasure being on your podcast and sharing more about selling to associations. If I would leave anything with your audience, just know that there's a stage for every person who's listening. Even if you're scared or nervous, there is a stage for you. And I would love to help you find it. Awesome. Perfect ending. Thank you, Jen. We so appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Business Mastery Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode and you are ready to leverage video marketing on all online platforms, or maybe even start your own video podcast, then you need to check out the Done For You and Done With You program at themarketingvaadvantage.com and take your business to the next level.